Catalyst is a unique five-year government-backed business development program that unlocks the vast potential of economic partnerships between Australia and Indonesia. Welcome to episode eight of the Catalyst podcast and our final episode for season two. Today we have a special treat in store. Rachel and I are speaking to Australian soccer legend and president of the Indonesia Institute in Western Australia, Robbie Gaspar. Robbie was the first Australian footballer to play professionally in Indonesia, playing for eight years, including for some of the best clubs in the country. Robbie is now the president of the Indonesia Institute, an organization that dubs itself the peak body for independent insight and engagement into Indonesian-Australian bilateral relations. He is also the business development manager of Global Iodine Solutions, an ag tech company, and formerly vice chair of the Western Australian chapter of the Australia-Indonesia Business Council. Robbie, you started playing football in Indonesia in 2005, and that came after a few years playing in Brunei and Malaysia, and also in Europe, in in total some 16 successful years of international football. Can you take us back to that time when you first arrived in Indonesia? What was it like and what were your earliest impressions? Um, Yeah, first of all, thanks for having us on. Really appreciate it. Uh, I listen to the podcast regularly and you guys are doing a fantastic job you know, um, and I'm just really, you know, like buzzing to be on board. So um, going back to when I first arrived in Indonesia in 2005, I'd never been to Indonesia before. Um, I'd played in Malaysia for two years prior. I also had a year in Brunei and um, I had the phone call. Um, I think I remember it was like maybe a Tuesday afternoon or a Wednesday morning and um, they said to me, oh, Rob, do you want to come to go and play in Indonesia? And I sort of went, all right, cool. Who's played in Indonesia from Australia before? I had a bit of a think, caught around a few mates. Um, no one could think of anybody that had played in Indonesia before that was Australian. And I thought, all right, cool. So anyway, I decided, you know, let's, let's give it a go. Um, so I asked, when do I need to be there? They said, oh, yesterday. So I thought, all right, cool. So uh, <laughs> I jumped on a plane Thursday morning, there uh, Thursday afternoon, and I was just blown away by the intensity of Indonesia. I arrived in, in Tangerang and I remember it was really hot, but um, yeah, just the intensity of the place, you know, the cars going, you know, like how many cars are there, the people and stuff like that. And then run to, went to training um, in the afternoon. I remember it was a bit of a, like a gym session, met all the boys and you got along with really well from the start. And then, yeah, then I didn't, didn't realise I was going to be there for eight years. You know, I thought maybe go there for a year and then maybe move back to Malaysia or Brunei or somewhere else. And then, yeah, I just fell in love with the pace and eight years later, I sort of, that was where I, I sort of retired at the end of my time in 2013. And what do you think kept you there for eight years? What what was the pull, that the pull for Indonesia for, for eight years? I think just the passion for the game in Indonesia. I didn't realise how passionate they were until I went there and you know, nothing sort of came close. You felt like you were playing in Europe, but you weren't. You know, like I was close to home. I was only four hours away by flight. I've got a well along really well with everyone there, and I was just blown away by all of that. And I was just, yeah, it was just really good to be a part of. You know, traveling all over Indonesia. Um, went away past Aceh to a place called Sigli, which is an hour and a half by bus from Banda Aceh all the way across to Jaipur, maybe seven times. So, um, 
you know, I've got to travel all over Indonesia, have all these fantastic experiences, plus along the way make these relationships, which are, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of them to this day. Yeah, it was just such a fantastic experience um, to do, you know, like something I love for so long in a country which is so passionate about the game. And the game was just improving, you know, every year that I was there. And um, I just really enjoyed my time. So, so Robbie, Tangerang, Balikpapan, Malang, Bandung, these are very different places, different cultures, you know, different people, different everything. Um, did you have any favorite places or stories, anything that you can share with us from your time there? Um, I think each individual place, like Tangerang, Balikpapan, Malang, Bandung, they're all different and great in their own way. To say there's a favourite, um, I don't know. I really enjoyed living in Tangerang because it was close to Jakarta, you know, close to the airport. Also, I lived in Karawachi, so that was a really cool place to live as well. Then Balikpapan, um, I really enjoyed. Yeah, there was a lot of Aussie expats there in Balikpapan as well, working in, you know, mining, you know, like sort of oil and gas as well. Then Malang was fantastic, living in the mountains. Yeah, some of the great experiences I had, like, I was actually just thinking about this before. Um, maybe, you know, like going to like a place called Manakwari. So this is in, in the Jayapura province. I'd never seen a more beautiful beach in, in my life. And it was just like palm trees, crystal clear blue water and beautiful white sand. And I was just even thinking about it now brings goosebumps to me, you know, like, um, yeah, so that was one of my great experiences. But, you know, like for me, some of the other goods, like sort of, Great experiences. I was being best man at two Indonesian weddings here in Perth, you know, making some really good relationships in Indonesia, so much so to become, you know, little best mates and they ended up coming and getting married in Perth. Um, then also, you know, having two godchildren during my time there as well in Indonesia, just making friends for life who are like family to me now. So it's just not always about the football, you know, but for me, it's about building those relationships, you know, along the way. And so, so those are some of the, you know, great stories. And, you know, things that sort of I remember from my time in Indonesia. So so what's made you so passionate about Indonesia and Australia in terms of the connection between the two countries? Yeah, really good question. Um, I think my passion developed in Indonesia the more I learned the language. So the more I became more fluent in Indonesia, the more I could really understand what Indonesia was, was really like. You know, like you, you come there and you know, there's so much going on and you can't really understand really like fully what's going on to learn the language. And so um, my thing I always say to all the Australian players or anybody looking to go and play in Indonesia, learn the language straight away as quick as you can because it's going to make your time a lot easier but a lot more enjoyable as well. So um, the more I learned the language, you know, the more I got, you know, built, built, you know, developed, you know, deeper and more meaningful relationships with my friends and, you know, like – um, so, you know, what I loved about Indonesia was, you know, how similar to us, it's all about family, it's all about food, but most importantly, they love their sport and they love their football. So, um, you know, that was like the conduit, the football. And um, yeah, so me, you know, like what I loved about Indonesia was that they're our nearest neighbour, you know, from here from WA, we're only four hours away. So, um, yeah, so that was some of the things that sort of really sort of, you know, like excited me about the country and what sort of brought, you know, like sort of really for me to develop that passion more about Indonesia. Robbie, you mentioned uh, speaking Bahasa Indonesia. There's been a lot of concern lately about how there's less and less uh, uptake of Indonesian language in Australian schools. In your line of work through sports diplomacy, among others, how are you contributing to finding a solution to this problem? Yeah, um, it's disappointing that we're seeing a sort of drop off in, you know, the amount of kids that are learning the language. Um, but one thing that I learned 
being an Indonesian is being being optimistic. You know, like you always say, to up optimist. You know, like you always have to be optimistic. And um, one thing I think we we can sort of turn it around, but it's going to take you know like a bit of a, a joint effort to do it. Um, so one of the things I sort of do as well to assist and hopefully get kids to sort of continue on with their studies within the within Indonesia languages, I go into schools and I talk about my journey um, in Indonesia, how I went there, um, played professional football, never thought I was going to actually go and play in Indonesia, never been there before, but I learned the language while I was there and how that I'm jealous of the kids that actually learn the language now. And I wish I learned the language while I was in school because it would have made my time a lot easier at the start. So, um, you know, I sort of a little bit of a bridge, a little bit of a conduit using that sports diplomacy. One of my majors was Bahasa Indonesia. And then I talk, talk about also a little bit of facts about Indonesia. We're going to use Bahasa Indonesia. So, and then after that, I'll run little games. You know, I'm sort of always happy to help out. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And maybe we should continue dalam Bahasa Indonesia aja wawancara. Kenapa enggak? Kenapa enggak ya? Bisa pakai dua-duanya ya. Can you say something in, in Bahasa Indonesia to us? Oh, saya bermain sepak bola Indonesia selama 8 tahun. Dan waktu saya di Indonesia, saya jatuh cinta dengan Indonesia, dengan budaya, dengan lain-lain, dengan makanan juga. Dan ya, ya saya suka ya, uh, perbaiki hubungan antara Australia dan Indonesia ya, supaya bisa menjadi lebih baik. Dan saya minta maaf kalau bahasa Indonesia saya kurang bagus karena udah sepuluh tahun saya udah pulang dan jarang pakai bahasa Indonesia, you know, so. I mean, it's it's funny he- hearing you talk about schools. When I went to school, we had two options of Italian and French, and I chose Italian. And aside from my one holiday to Italy 10 years ago, I've never used it. I've never had any need to use it. And yet um, every day in my work, there it would be very helpful to speak Bahasa Indonesian. So it is, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Like I, I don't know the history of how this came about, the, the sorts of languages that we offer in Australian schools, but um, we urgently need to to diversify it. Definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, I didn't realise that more until I went to Indonesia. What is your aspiration for the Indonesia and Australia relationship? And, and what have you achieved and what do you hope to achieve as president of the Indonesia Institute? So, yeah, my sort of goal is just to really improve those people-to-people links between, you know, like Australia and Indonesia. So, you know, one of my things is the president of the Indonesia Institute, so which I came on board now, it's been, I think, nine months. It's just to leave the relationship, you know, like in a better place than when I arrived. Um, you know, I always say Indonesia Institute, just to sum it up, you know, our job is to change the hearts and minds of Australians about Indonesia. So, um and some of the things that I've achieved recently, you know, like I sort of worked with the West Australian government on Indonesia Connect, which is a fantastic event. We had a 260 people in the room and people that never really sort of had much engagement with Indonesia were there and just learning about Indonesia. And I know they're taking a delegation this year to Indonesia as well, similar to what they did last year to India. Um, and recently on Friday, we released a position paper regarding the visa issues for Indonesians looking to come into sort of Australia. A lot less, a lot easier than what it is currently right now. Robbie, there's, I guess, a lot of hats that you wear in your professional life, um, sportsman, but also nowadays as a business person. How did you make the switch to business um, now being, I think, in ECTAC? And what is your plan? 
I had my own business while I was playing, but it wasn't full time. So my my concentration was sport and maximising the most in my career. But um, you know, it's once you finish playing professional sport, that transition's not easy. Um, so you know, when I finished up, you know, my skill set was always so I was my feet. I didn't really have another skill set that I could sort of really sort of you know like. I just felt I needed to go back to uni and sort of improve my skill set, you know, like with respect to sort of getting a degree and then going back and also doing a, a grad cert in international relations. And, um, yeah, um, I finished my uni and then had opportunity to move into ag tech. Um, I had my own farm, which was growing fruit and veg, you know, managing it, uh, but it wasn't really too hands-on. It was just really doing other stuff in the background, organising, you know, like books and stuff like that. But then um, after around 10 years, I sold that and now I've moved into Act Tech, really passionate about it. And But it's been a really exciting journey so far. And, um, yeah, it's been out of my comfort zone, but it's been really good. I'm working with some really cool people. Yeah, Act Tech is definitely an industry with exciting opportunities. Are you looking uh, to connect with Indonesia down the road? Definitely, definitely. And um, I was only recently speaking to a friend of mine and um, ag tech investment, I think, in Southeast Asia. Um, Indonesia has more ag tech investment going into it than all the other countries combined in Southeast Asia. So there's a massive agricultural industry and something that definitely looking to partner up with Indonesia and, you know, work together with a good partner and just trying to, you know, help the ag tech industry over there as well. And, you know, from my time, it's all about partnerships and working with Indonesia and trying to assist and yeah that's a passion of mine and looking to sort of once we do go to market you know like link up with indonesia and trying to sort of yeah like take our product to indonesia so definitely definitely that was robbie gaspar and that brings us to the end of season two of the catalyst podcast to you our listeners we say thank you we'll be back with a great lineup for season three soon bye for now